Happy Father's Day. <laughs> I love my kids so much, they always tell the truth. <laughs> oh, no, but seriously, I thoroughly enjoy being a dad. It is uh, so much more than I ever imagined anything that it would be, and I'm just so thankful that God has, uh, has given me the, the blessing of fatherhood. Um, this morning while we were worshiping, I, I could feel the presence of the Lord come in. His presence fall on this place and the Holy Spirit just moving all over the place. And the Lord prompted me um, to share this. And so uh, I, at one point, I just lifted my face to him and I said, thank you, daddy. Thank you, daddy. This is your day, God. Come and do what you want to do. And I can just imagine him up in heaven and just looking down, smiling over us as we worshiped him. And I was just so full of joy, so full of, uh, of, of the goodness of our God. And I'm just, uh, I, just, I just wanted to, to share that with you guys. Um, David knew. David knew um, how to praise the Lord. We're going to, if you would stand and read with me this morning out of First Chronicles. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done. His miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The promise he made for a thousand generations. Father God, thank you for your promises over us, Lord. Thank you that they, uh, they go a thousand generations, Lord, uh, just so far that we can't even imagine, God. Uh, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you, Abba. We love you. Bless this day. It's your day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as Pastor Kevin had asked me to share uh, this morning, I a flood of emotions came, you know. I started thinking about my testimony. I started thinking about the things that the Lord has done in my life. And it, honestly, it's just too much. It's so much that I had to say, okay, God, <laughs> I don't want this to be me up here telling you, you know, my experiences. I want this to be you, God, speaking through me, telling the people what it is you want them to hear. And so I was prayerful for the last three weeks in just pre preparing for this. And, uh, and honestly, I believe that the Holy Spirit is, has, uh, has given me some things for you guys today. Um, number one, He is my Father. Now, I don't, uh, I don't expect my kids to call me Father. They actually don't call me Father. They call me dad, daddy, you know, um, and I love it when they call me daddy. I love it because it's like, um, it's kind of what I called my dad. I called my dad, dad and, and daddy. It's not father, but 
sometimes when we get caught up in, you know, who God is in our lives, we, we, we look to him as father and, and that's okay because he is, he is our heavenly father. He knew us before our first breath, right? He knows every hair on our head. He pulled us out and chose us to be in this time, in this place. And it's for a purpose. Sometimes when I think about it, I think about my dad and I think about the things that he taught me. And just like all you dads out there know that we're not always going to get it right, right? We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. Uh, we're going to say things that we don't actually mean or do things that we didn't mean to do. And, you know, it's up to us to recognize those faults and, and to say sorry for them. Um, so one thing that I do know that my dad taught me growing up is, is that he always loved me. No matter what, he would always tell me that he loved me. He would show me that he loved me. He would give me hugs, kisses. You know, no matter how bad he messed up, he would always reconcile it and say, you're my son. I love you. And, uh, and that's one thing that I do continue to pour out over my boys. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, we as parents get wrong. And, uh, and those, we, we turn them into lessons. We turn them into, okay, that's what I know not to do whenever it comes to my children, right? We use those as lessons, and, and it's good to reflect and to learn uh, to, to the things not to do. Um, Romans eight fourteen through 16 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Every time I read this verse, guys, I, I get filled with this confidence because I know that I am a child of God. I know that He has placed me in His care and that I can rely on the fact that He's my daddy. The good gifts that He gives me are available. It's up to me to step into them and to ask Him to walk in Him and say, you know what, Dad? I need this. And if it's in His will... He's going to give it, right? So don't be afraid to ask. Scripture references, you know, what, what father would give their son a, a lump of stone or, uh, you know, I forget the actual verse. I don't want to actually tell you that it, it was, I'm just paraphrasing. <laughs> but a good daddy gives his son good things, good gifts from his storehouse. And that's how our heavenly father, my dad up in heaven, uh, gives gifts. I know Jesus as my friend. The Lord is my friend. He is my first love. Uh, I want to tell you a story now about the first time that I felt the Lord's presence. The first time that I believe that the Holy Spirit really worked in my life. It was um, ninth grade. I, uh, I was in football, and so I was, you know, asked to go to a football camp. It was with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and Coach Creasy was his name. He was kind of the lead over it. 
And uh, I wasn't involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I was just an athlete. And I said, you know what? I'll go. It's a week out of the summer that I get to go to a, a camp and have fun with other kids. Well, little did I know that when I got there, there was about a thousand kids. There were um, uh, there were players from the NCAA that were our uh, camp counselors, and mine was the tight end for the Florida State Seminoles. It was pretty cool. Um, Tony Dungy came to speak one night, and uh, and I was singing a song to the Lord, which I don't typically sing. I'm not, you know, uh, an outgoing person, so I. I, uh, I was moved by the Spirit of the Lord in the room to, to sing and to worship His name. And, uh, and so we're singing this song to the Lord, and, I, and all of a sudden I look around, and everybody in the house is singing the same song in unison. And so I'm like, wow, this is, this is great. This is great. So I dove in, and more and more and more, and there was a call at the end to come up and to get filled with His Spirit. And so I did. I came up and I said, Lord, I am yours. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I recognize that I can't do this on my own. Now, granted, I'm a a freshman in high school, right? (laughs) You know, some of the biggest pressures in life that I have faced was in high school. Peer pressure is killer. I mean, I stepped out in front of thousands of people and said, I need you, God. It was a big big deal. So I literally felt the presence of the Lord fill me up, and I've never felt joy like that ever in my life. It, it was like I was full, and I was standing seven feet tall. It was crazy. And I know now, because of my experience with the Holy Spirit and um, you know, my, knowing God, I know now that that was the first time I felt the Holy Spirit in my life. Um, an incredible time. It was a wonderful. Uh, it was a wonderful trip, and and on the way back, I remember uh, this guy that I met. We're we're in. We're sharing a seat on the bus together, and we're opening the Word, and we're going through Scripture, and we're we're really fired up, and we're you know we're we're getting in it, right? And uh, and everybody on the bus is too. It, I mean, literally changed that day. And then once we get back, we get into, I guess, our lives of what we were comfortable with. And, you know, I talk to them just about every day. And then about the sixth day, you know, I didn't hear a call that day. And I was kind of, you know, feeling pressure from my friends who I rode bikes with. And, you know, and and then it just started to diminish. It started to, to get lost in, I guess, what I knew as normal. And so, Life went on. I go through high school and make some really bad decisions. I, uh, I fall away from the Lord, and I, um, I lost the uh, sensitivity of the Holy Spirit, that deposit that was made that day. I lost that sensitivity to Him, and, um, and it was like when I lost that, I gained something in the world. And it was the enemy, I know now that it was the enemy who was pushing me deeper and deeper into the world and more into the cares of whether I wanted to be popular, whether I wanted to be, you know, the man, okay? Because I played football and, and I, you know, I guess I wanted to be the in crowd. I wanted to be 
uh, liked by everybody, accepted by everybody. And that was just something that I held of higher esteem than the things that the Lord wanted for me. And so I go on, you know, through high school, I make those bad decisions. I continue to make bad decisions into my first year of college. Um, I struggle a lot, guys. I mean, I'm talking getting involved in the party scene and getting involved in drugs and alcohol, and uh, I, I really regret it. It's, uh, it's not something that I'm proud of, but it's something that I walked through, and, um, and it was only God who could bring me out. I'm just telling you right now, it was the Lord who pulled me up like he did out of the miry clay, out of the darkness, the deep brokenness of my life, and said, I have so much more for you. It was one day in college, my first year of college, which I, I dropped out of college because I was in the party scene too much and didn't actually go. Um, i <laughs> not proud of that either. But um, I... Uh, was partying one night, and I uh, took it a little too far. Next morning, I woke up in the hospital, and I thought that I was dead. And they said, you know what? You almost were dead. He said, your heart was beating nine times a minute. Nine times a minute on the way to the hospital. We rushed you there because you were turning purple, and you were losing consciousness. And I don't remember that, but that was a big wake-up call for me. Over the next two weeks, I was um, getting back my health. And um, then I had, a, I had an angel walk in the door. Not a literal angel, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I call her my angel because she did change. God used her to change the direction of my life. And that is my wonderful wife, Dana. She, <laughs> I love this, this verse from Psalms. It's 107.2. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. That day, the devil tried to take my life. He tried to take me away from the future that, he, that God has, has put before me. And, and I am here today to tell you that the Lord has redeemed me, and He has saved me, and He used uh, Dana to do so. And also, He reminded me that it's okay to not be okay. Sometimes we're all going to go through life, we're times in our life where we're not okay. We're going to have struggles. We're going to have things that, that come at us, circumstances that are not favorable. But we have a choice to make. See, God loves us so much. He loves you just the way you are, but He also loves you too much to let you stay in that deep, dark place. That place of brokenness is not your home. It's not where you're meant to stay. So He pulled me up out of that brokenness because He loved me so much. He's my shepherd. The Lord is my protector. And He told me so when He brought Dana. He, he placed her in my life in that time for a reason, okay, for a purpose. And, um, and I believe that it was to set me back into what he's called me to be. And now, um, this was 
This was not given at that moment when she walked in the door. I just wanted to let you know. This was a gradual, gradual thing. I still wanted to be a part of, you know, that friend scene. I still wanted to, you know, my flesh had those desires to want to be that person that everybody thought that I was. No one really knew the real me. No one really knew who the Lord has called me to be because I didn't. I had to get my relationship with him in order so I can know and then be able to tell others. Now, God is my healer. He heals me from all of the disease. He heals me from my past. He heals me from everything that the enemy tries to to come at me with. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you another story. Actually, I'm going to let my wife tell you this story um, because she, she's, she tells it so much better anyway. Um, but uh, it's a story about when we had our first son. Now, we go through hiccups in life. Now, let me, go, let me reverse a little bit. Um, me and Dana got together, and then uh, a year and a half later, two years later, we got married. Okay, uh, first years of marriage are always always a little bit rough, trying to figure out each other and everything. Um, but um, he restores anything that gets broken in the first place. Now, Dana, if you would come on up, I'm going to have you tell the story. When we had our son Noah, the Lord healed him, and I believe that 100% with my whole heart. You want to come on stage? Go ahead and come on stage. If you can make this mic hot. Everybody give it up for my wife, Dana. Hello. Okay. Um, So, yeah. So, it was a year and a half we got married. And James and I, yeah, after we started dating. And... um, in the mix of that, we had already lost two babies. So James and I were like, you know, we're going to wait, take two years. And no matter what, um, after the two years, sorry, (laughs) sorry. Um, after, you know, we got married, we said, we're going to have a baby. We'll try and stuff after two years. Like we just need that time. Right. So we made it to two years and two months (laughs) and that's when he was there. So, um, but it was in December of 2007, we found out we were pregnant with Noah. Sorry. (laughs) You're okay. Sorry. Um, and we were so excited. Like, we we found out the night before my birthday, and we went and told my whole family the next day. So imagine us two. Like, he's going to be a father, and I'm going to be a mom. And I'm like, that's what God called me to be. Some people dream to be, you know, doctors and all this stuff. My dream was to be a mama. And so that was, like, the greatest thing ever. And so we go to the doctor. And they do it the first ultrasound when I'm like at 12 weeks and they, you know, we got to hear the heartbeat and stuff, but they start looking at their, at his brain and his body and checking everything. And they said, something's wrong with your baby. And they said, look right here. And they showed us his brain. Okay. And every baby, when they're developing, they all start out with like a little, two little holes in there but they're small compared to the entire brain. His were taking over, I'd say about 75% of it. 
And the doctors basically looked at us and said, you probably should just take care of this baby, meaning to abort him and said, you know, he's basically going to be a vegetable. There's not much you can do about it. Um, And so if you just want to, you know, try again some other time, like just take care of this. And James and I are like, no, (laughs) this is not happening. Like God can take care of this baby and heal him no matter what. Like even, and we told him, like, even if this child, there's something seriously wrong with him, that's, that's who God gave us. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's missing half of his head. Like that's who God gave us. And so we just continued praying and believing that God was going to heal our baby. We had my daddy, which is here today. He was praying over us and over him every single time we were around. We had people at church, our family across the country, everyone just praying and praying and praying. And so we started having to go to the doctor every like four weeks. And every time we do an ultrasound, so we got to even find out like that it was a boy at 16 weeks. And most people don't find out until at least 20. And so we're just like, God, you gave us this little boy for a reason. Like you're going to heal him. And we kept praying. And every time I should have brought the ultrasound picture so you can see it. But every single one, those holes got smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> and I think it was by the time it was at 32 weeks, something like that, they were gone. Yeah. And the doctor could not believe it. <laughs> he was in shock. And we just told him, we're like, we just prayed. He said, I've never seen that before. We just said, God did it. All you got to do is believe, like, no matter what. Now, on August 2nd, 2008, Noah was born. <laughs> Healthy, happy. <laughs> And this is him right here. (laughs) And he is perfectly fine. And God did that. Yeah. But you just have to believe, like, no matter what, God can move mountains. And he did right there in that child. And in all of us, he can do that. That's right. That's good. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. (sighs) Nothing, guys. Nothing could prepare me for what we went through after two miscarriages. Young couple. I was 21. She was 20. We didn't know what to think, but we knew how to pray. And so that's what we did. And the Lord gave us our beautiful baby boy, (laughs) Noah James Jansen, on August 2nd, 2008. I was overwhelmed with a feeling of joy that day. Whenever I held him in my arms for the first time, I was like, really, God? Really? (laughs) So you trust me with a human being? (laughs) It was at that point that I knew that I had a higher responsibility. At that time, I thought, wow, I really got to get to work. (laughs) I got to start making moves, right? (laughs) And... uh, and so we did. So, so we did. Um, I started to work with my father-in-law. Um, I started to uh, get into real estate, and um, I worked long, hard days, even into the nights. We bought our first house um, really before Noah was born, um, and, uh, and I would work all day at my job and then come home and then work on the house. And I did that for three years. 
And it was, it was, a, it was a lot. It was a, big, it was a big thing that we had to do. Um, but the Lord blessed us in it. And he provided for us way more than what we, what we thought. You know, God healed Noah. He did. He healed Noah that day or, or throughout that time. And, uh, and I believe that he healed me too. When I held him in my arms, he took a lot of the, the, self, um, the selfishness and the, a lot of the bitterness that I was carrying for a long time, I guess against my own dad and I guess against the way that I had lived my life previous. Uh, he took that from me. And he took um, a lot of, of, of what I carried uh, or what I was going to carry into fatherhood away. And I was thankful for that because I didn't want my son to, I guess, see what I had learned that a father was supposed to be like. I asked the Lord to teach me how to be a father. I asked the Lord to, to continue to... Um, to give me wisdom in, make, in decision-making because I knew at that point that I was making decisions for not only myself, but for my wife and for my son and uh, my sons to come. So the next one is God is my teacher. God teaches me. He, uh, he provided a, uh, an extraordinary teacher for me in my life. Just like he used Dana when I started working with my father-in-law, Kirk, um, who's here, by the way, he's right here. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he gave me him to be a, a mentor and a teacher in my life. And so when I started working uh, with him in real estate, we dedicated, he, he heard from the Lord and the Lord told him to dedicate at least the first two hours of every day in the Word. And so we did that for two or three years. We, we opened up, and sometimes we would read. We'd start at 7 o'clock, and sometimes we'd end at 9. Sometimes we would go on until lunch. We'd order in lunch, and then we'd continue studying because it was so rich. It was such an important part of, of my life growing up, that new part of my life was getting into the Word, and it was getting into who God told me I was. And we would bounce things off each other. Now, granted, I'm, I'm fresh in this. He's seasoned. So he, he would share things with me that he has learned over time. And so he, God gave me that. Uh, God gave me Kirk as a teacher. God gave me Kirk as a mentor. Uh, more than just Scripture, more than just you know, the things of the kingdom, um, it was the things about life, too because he had walked a lot through life, uh, a lot of things about uh, finances, a lot of things about just how to do anything. This guy's a, a vat of knowledge. And so I was able to, I was able to, uh, to really sit underneath that, and, and, and the Lord used him in mighty ways in my life. Um, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I believe God used that time in my life to equip me, equip me for today, 
for the next 10 years, for the next 10 years. And it's not something that just stops. At that point, what I realized is that this is a continuation. This is a process that isn't learned. It's a process that is, a, is continual. It's a daily learning. It's something that, uh, that I purpose to do now every day. I, I have to get up and I have to get into the Word and I have to go to the Lord in prayer and seek what He has for today. Um, it's it just, once I started, I couldn't stop. Once, once I went to the Lord and I said, God, <laughs> it's got to be you. Every day is a new day. Every day, He fills me with a passion to want to know more, to want to find out what's next. Because it's, it's exciting. It's, it's something that I don't take for granted. It's a, it's a passion in my life that I, I, uh, I want to build upon, that I want Him to continue to use and mold me into what He has. If I were to stop there, I would have missed it. If I were to said, oh, I've read the scripture, I've read the Bible two and a half times over, I would have missed it, right? Because there's so much more. Don't stop. God uses the training, the teaching for correction. He uses it for his righteousness. He uses it so that we can be complete, ready with an answer for everything, top of our lips, top of our mind, ready to come out of our lips. People are going to challenge you. People are going to, to ask you, why do you believe what you believe? People are going to continue to come after you. We got to be ready. We got to be ready, church. God is my redeemer. He is the one who restores my soul. Now, I went through a, a, a period of, of time after, uh, well, actually, while we were in training, while I was um, going and, and studying the scripture every morning, I helped my dad start a church in Murfreesboro. And uh, I really didn't do much other than um, the aesthetic stuff. I built the stage, I put the curtains up, you know, I set the chairs up, and, and that was cool. That was really cool. I got to, I got to be a part of that and, uh, and, and church planting in the beginning, and I, and I got to see a lot of that. Um, but at one point, the Lord, uh, the Lord called me elsewhere. He called us to Springhouse. We, we had uh, Judah in 2010. We had Elijah in 2012. And as our small family was growing, we needed a place that better suited our family. We didn't have a really big uh, kids ministry at the, the, at the church that uh, helped my dad plant. And so we started looking around and we, you know, we started coming to, uh, coming to small group with Justin and uh, the Brashears and the, uh, a couple of other people in the house. And, uh, and we really liked uh, what God was doing here at Springhouse. We visited a couple of times, but, um, but it, it, it really crystallized for me, um, I guess it was about four years ago now, that um, Pastor Barbie prophesied over, over me. She said, you know, you're going to experience three areas of increase in your life. She's, she said, you're going to experience increase spiritually. You're going to experience increase relationally. And the third is financially once those are done. And so that prophecy came true. All of that happened. And it was through this house. 
when we started coming to Springhouse, we bought in. We were all in. And we said, okay, sign me up. Sign me up, Lord. I want to do, I want to serve. I want to, I want to get to know people. So I started greeting. So we started serving in the youth until we realized, hey, listen, God's got something cool happening here. And we really bought in. So um, he, he, he's constantly providing opportunities for me to grow. God is my provider. He's the one who provides everything that I, that I have, everything that I'm in need of. Um, the, 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 the biggest thing is, I'm just going to be real quick, tell one last story. Um, we are searching for uh, youth leaders. We're a part of the youth leadership team. And then um, the Lord uh, called me to be a youth pastor here at Springhouse. And so um, the Lord was like, okay, you need a team, build, build a team. So we're searching for a team. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm in prayer for, you know, uh, for people to, to come to me, right? Well, that's not how, it's not how it works. You got to go to them, right? So I'm like, okay, God, you got to put them on my heart. And, um, and the Lord put Dave and Tanya Ingram on my heart. I went to them and I said, hey, I want you guys to pray about becoming youth leaders. And they said, oh my gosh, we were praying about that last night and we were going to talk to you this morning about it. I'm like, how, how much confirmation is that, Lord? You're so good. Thank you. Um, so, and that's the way that he works. That's the way that he works. He, he, he just wants you to obey. Just be obedient. Just have faith that he's going to take care of it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful. He never stops. He will never give up on you. Just like he did with me. I thought I was lost, broken. He pulled me up and said, I got so much more. The Jesus I know is my father. He's my friend, my first love. The Lord is my shepherd, my protector, my healer, teacher, redeemer, restorer, provider, and he sustains me. I'm so grateful for what the Lord has done in my life and I'm thankful for the opportunity to come and to share with you all. Our prayer in this house, like Pastor Kevin has said, is to be a body, a people with a ready testimony on our lips, to make known His greatness, to be the arrow that points others to Jesus. Faith is active, guys. Activate your faith today. Share your testimony with somebody. It's important. You never know what they'll need. I'm going to ask those that are going to pray for others, if you would go ahead and come on up. Um, We're going to go back into a time of worship now. And as we worship, uh, I want you to cry out. Really focus on the Lord and ask Him to bring those uh, testimonies that you have, that you already have in your heart. You, You may already have it in your mind. Bring those testimonies and don't be afraid to share them. Let the Lord do an amazing, incredible work in your life and in others by sharing your testimony. Thank you.